Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Not with me today, Wheels Wienerker. He went to sleep again. Um, I guess he's not excited to talk about the 2022 Atlanta Falcons. And I mean, I got to be kind of honest with him. Like this is a team whose GM openly said we're taking it on the chin this year. Um, And so, you know, hard to know how you can have excitement when your GM says that before the season begins. But uh, with us, making his glorious return to, to tell us maybe if he can find some reason to be excited about the 2022 Falcons is Harry Schaefer. So, Harry, welcome back to 32 fans. And on a scale of one to 10, how, how excited are you for this upcoming Falcon season? Uh, I think probably, I don't know, maybe a two or three if, if they, uh, <laughs> you know, if my, my rating matches their projected win total. But I, I didn't know if you were ready to get started. And I thought you'd wait for uh, Jeff Ross to dial in because you can't do a roast without the roast master. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I, you know, yeah, there won't be any 28 to three references today. Don't worry. I mean, listen, do you want to just talk about the Braves or something else? We could do that. <laughs> you know, Braves are, Braves are looking good. Obviously, you know, defending world champs right now. Yeah, I mean, there there is probably a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of potential uh, groundbreaking things that Falcons could do this year. It's not uh, maybe the first time in NFL history that the that a wide receiver on the roster will probably be the third most productive receiver on the team. Oh, but you're, the, oh okay. You're saying, yeah, because uh, so Cordell Patterson, what, what, what's his story? What is he doing this year? Because last year he was basically I, a primary running back, which is a weird thing for a guy to everything. do first time in his career at the age of 31 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> hey, it's never too late to, to have a second life. Yeah. But I'd be yeah, I'd be willing to bet that he'd have a he'll have a good season this year at least. Yeah. All right. Did you so see so- what I did? You see what I did there? <laughs> With the I made a bet joke and it slid right by you. Yeah. Oh, oh I missed that. Um yeah, so let's set the table a little bit. So, yeah, so this team obviously uh, moving on from Matt Ryan, his $40.5 million dead cap is the yeah. largest number in NFL history by like a huge margin. As a whole, they have $63 million in dead cap this year, which is, you know, easily a record. And yeah, so, yeah, I think, so, uh, I think Julio's got 15 dead cap and he's uh, on the second team since he left the Falcons. So there's yeah. that. And, uh, and now back in your division. Uh, no less. 
and I think uh, I, you know, what's the, the total trade value you got back for both of those guys was a second rounder and then a third rounder. Is that right? So probably, yeah, held, I mean, yeah, held on the, a little the, too long. The Julio one. Yeah. They may have should have cut Bay a little bit earlier, maybe, but it's hard to, when he's like, you're, you know, you've done so much, but yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. I, um, I think I already recorded the Cardinals podcast. It'll drop later, but we were talking about how, uh, with Matthew Bryan, our guest there, AJ Green and DeAndre um, Hopkins are two receivers who, you know, through the first eight years of their career seem like, you know, for sure, huge future Hall of Famers and then totally fell off a cliff. And the same thing with Julio. Now, Julio, I think, did a little more than them in his first decade. And so he will go in the Hall of Fame no matter what. But like, it's incredible how quickly and how dramatically he fell off. And, yeah, and I think, yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot Antonio Brown, like I me mean, for him, it was more off field reasons, but like so many elite receivers of the last decade, like their careers are just shorter than we normally expect. Like when Calvin Johnson retired, we're like, oh, he retired so young. He has so much more to prove. But like, I don't know, look at all these other guys who are like done, you know, very shockingly early. Yeah. So, I mean, he just has a hard time staying healthy. I think if he was a little less, I don't know if brittle is a good word, but you know, if he could. If he had stayed healthier, maybe he wouldn't have all these little nagging things that, you know, because when he played, even last year, when he played, he played decent. You know, he had a couple of great games, but then, you know, then he, you know, does like he usually does in a foot or an ankle or whatever it is that just kind of makes him 50% the rest of the year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, as even the GM says, you know, the goal is clear that dead cap, you know, suck for a year, take it on the chin, get a top pick next year. The crazy thing is like this team, like people forget, like, they were mathematically in the playoff race until week 17 last year. Yeah. Mathematically at least. Yes. But, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they went, they went seven to 10, you know, possibly the worst seven to 10 team. I mean, you know, we've only had one year of 17 uh, game schedules, but so certainly the worst seven to 10 team ever. They went six and two in one score games, three and zero oh in games decided by three points or less. They had the third best injury luck in the league according to football outsiders. So yeah, probably they were like a three or four win team last year um, with Matt Ryan. And so now, uh, now we turn to Marcus Mariota. Now I want to get your take because like, I've always been very high on Mariota um, dating all the way back to college. I thought, you know, he's had very, very limited action, obviously the last two years, but he's looked good in the limited chances he's had. And, and I've always thought like he should have gotten an opportunity kind of like what Ryan Tannehill got in Tennessee a few years ago. Like give him a chance, maybe as like a, a backup to like a not great starter or even a starter because I mean, I think he's better. He's for sure better than literally every backup in the NFL. And I think he's better than quite a few starters probably. Um, and so I don't know why. I think there's not a franchise in the NFL that wouldn't have benefited from him. Now, you know, he got, you know, 17 and a half million from, from, from Atlanta for two years. That's a little more than you pay for a backup. Um, and I think like, you know, I know the Falcons were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. You almost think maybe uh, avoiding that whole clusterfuck was almost a blessing in disguise the way that's been going lately. Yeah, I think definitely character-wise, they got the better end of the deal. But talent-wise, you know, I mean, yeah. Watson's a better player. But, you know, it's easy it's easy to forget how how awesome he was in college just because I think like what you said, he may not have gotten – may have always been kind of in a unlucky situation where he didn't really have a chance to, to shine as a starter. But I guess we'll see. I mean, it's kind of a weird thing with the Falcons too because, you know, they are going to totally suck this year. So – you know, do they try to do the best they can with Mariota? Do they try to see if Ritter is worth anything? Because if they're, if they end up having the record that we all think they will, you know, they had to make a decision. Like, do we, you know, is Ritter going to be the future person or do we go after 
you know, Young or Stroud in the draft, or if Ritter can prove himself, they could, you know, go after somebody like Will Anderson or something like that for the defense. So it's kind of a, you know, throwaway year, but I guess they do. They are going to have to make some decisions and try to figure out what they're going to do for, you know, going forward. Yeah. I mean, as a Mariota fan, I do feel bad that this is where he ended up because, um, you know, he has nobody to throw to other than Kyle Pitts. Obviously gone for the entire year for betting. What, what was it? $2 and 74 cents or something. Yeah. Kyle Uh, Pitts may be one of the best fantasy picks because he's going to be the emergency dump off for like most Every time uh, Marcus is running for his life, he's going to be looking for Kyle Pitts to try to dump it off to. <laughs> yeah, now they did, um, you know, you have a uh, rookie Drake London. What's your, uh, you have any feelings about him at wide receiver this year? I think he's good. I mean, the Falcons have had decent luck drafting wide receivers. They've, you know, between um, Ridley and Julio recently. Sure. Uh, he's two I mean, receivers. I, it's, it's hard to believe, it's hard to tell if he's going to be any good or not partially because you know who's throwing to him and you know i who what other re- i mean the falcons looking at their list of receivers now it's like zacchaeus and ryan edwards yeah i mean it's like yeah though all the whatever whoever's not playing for the buccaneers now is you know whatever's left over from who didn't go to tampa yeah and also the offensive line is one of the worst in the league like you know you really feel for Mariota. and also by the way you know you mentioned third round pick desmond ritter out of cincy I don't even know if you're going to be able to gauge if he has any potential or not, uh, given the weapons around him. And so, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know how you'd be in a position to to not want Stroud or, or Bryce Young or whoever's yeah. going to be the top quarterback. Yeah, the you're, not risk, you're not risking much to um, he was a third round pick. and He's making like a couple million. So it's not really that big of a risk if you decide to go after somebody else next year. Yeah. But, you know, if you're thinking that way, I'm not sh- I'm, I kind of wonder why they bother drafting him this year. You well, know, I, mean, look, I guess it got to be the third round and he was the best available. And they just decided what the heck. Yeah, it never hurts. You know, I mean, Washington famously was mocked for taking Kirk Cousins in the third round of the same draft where they took RG3 at the top. And then, you know, a decade later, RG3 is basically out of the league and, and Cousins is still performing as, a, as a, you know, an above average quarterback. So, you know, you never know if, if they thought he was he was good. <laughs> it was worth the pick even. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, are you a, are you a college football fan? I am, yep. Well, who are you a fan of primarily? Um, I went to BYU, but I've I grew up kind of a Hurricanes fan. So okay. Oh, is, oh a, do you do you live in Atlanta? Well, tell us how are you a Falcons fan then? I live in Atlanta. That's kind of okay. why they were kind of adopted. I grew up a Dolphins fan, and then when I moved here, I kind of okay. Because I was going to say, like, fan and Georgia Tech, some, or especially if you have Georgia, yeah. at least you'll have some good football this fall. But yeah. uh, Georgia Tech is in Atlanta. Yeah, UGA is about an hour and a half away, but you can't. It's hard to find a tech fan anywhere. So, (laughs) yeah. Even Um, though, yeah, until last year, they could always uh, brag about having won a national title more recently than Georgia, but I guess that's changed now. Yeah. What would be the spread if the Falcons faced uh, Georgia? (laughs) It might be a pick 'em. (laughs) Well, I think last year's Georgia team against this year's Falcons team, and may Georgia may be favored, but. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see what what Georgia brings back because they lost like, you know, they had what five or six first round picks last year. Yeah, but um, uh, I, th- I think they yeah. still have like the second best title odds after Alabama, though. So it's crazy when you talk about that kind of stuff because if you think about it, you know, you always think like, well, this awesome college team could probably be an NFL team, but then if you really look at it, it's kind of a. It'd be interesting to 
to see, but yeah, no, I, I think the best college team in history would lose to the worst NFL team in history by 50 points, right? Like, like the best, the best, best college team. How many of those guys make the NFL 20, like the 30? 2001, like the 2001 yeah. hurricane, but yeah, even how many of those guys made the NFL 20 or 30, how many guys in yeah. the NFL team make the NFL? All of them. 52. So, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, maybe if you have an extreme example or even an NFL team with a complete dog shit quarterback, and you have a college team with like, you know, uh, Peyton Manning or Joe Burrow at, at quarterback, you know, something like that, then, then maybe there's a chance. But yeah, I don't, I don't think a college team would have a chance. But um, yeah, but I mean, what is the strength of the Falcons team? The strong, I would say the defense, but they were like 20 or 29 last year. So it's going to be hard yeah. pressed to, uh, I mean, I have their defensive coordinators made a comment a couple of weeks ago that, you know, the Falcons were defense was playing at 60% of the playbook last year, but this year they're ready for a hundred percent. And mm. my first thought was, well, they need to be, cause they're going to be on the field for like 40 minutes of a game. But yeah, so I, a, I, I guess maybe their biggest uh, strength is tight end probably. And that's kicker. true. Yeah. Kickers, that's true. They have a good kicker. Yeah. Also true. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got to listen, take the W's where you can get them. Uh, Pitts the first thousand yard rookie tight end since Mike Ditka. So and they have the, the best, uh, the best running back with the highest Jersey number. Mm. Okay. Um, and all, also you got to assume um, Pitts will have a little bit of progression to the mean in terms of touchdowns because uh, for fantasy anyway, right? He only had what one touchdown last year. Yeah. He, had, he didn't have many. Yeah. I think uh, that'll probably go up. Akiva mentioned this on, on one of the other episodes that we've already recorded. Um, you know, um, the fucking said 18 sacks as a team last year, which means there were players with more than the entire team. No, I think the next lowest team was at 29 or 30. There's not a single player on this roster who had more than two sacks last year. So uh, you drafted a couple of edge rushers, Arnold Bickaday out of Penn State and D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky. Um, do you have any takes on, on either of them or, or anyone else who can uh, put some kind of pressure on the quarterback this year? Or? I think it's, you know, like you said, as terrible as they were last year, it's wide open. I don't, I don't think any, you know, don't turn down any help because I think those guys can do nothing but contribute compared to the mess of last year. Mm. Deion so, Jones. I mean, is it is injured, hard to believe. Is that right? Deion Jones is... I don't know. I'd like hobbled, but I don't think, yeah. I think he'll be ready when the season starts. Yeah. He hopefully. Yeah. But he's um, the, he's the highest, uh, he's the highest cat person for the Falcon that's still in the roster. Yeah. So that makes what he's like third overall. <laughs> fourth overall. Um, yeah. I'm looking, I mean, AJ Terrell, probably the other, you know, uh, above average player on the defense there. Is there a team in the league worse than the Falcons this year? Do you think? Cause you know, um, well, I'll be interested to see, uh, you know, I saw something where they listed like the saddest QB battles for the off season <laughs> and the Falcons were like second to Seattle. Yeah. No, Seattle's and... is worse. I would say <laughs> I'd rather have Mariota or a, a, a rookie than drew lock. Like I have no interest in watching drew lock. Uh, Akiva and but... I both have the Falcons 30 in our power rankings. Uh, excuse me. Akiva actually has them all the way up at 29. Akiva has the one spot ahead of the Browns. Now, maybe that's just like a, 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 a political take that, or whatever. Is that the, that the Browns if um, Deshaun Watson is suspended for the whole year? I, I, even so, I think that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty hot take. But um, we both have the Texans lower and, and the Seahawks lower. And then Akiva has the, uh, the, uh, the Browns lower. But the way you're talking, maybe you're telling me, maybe I'm a little too, too high on the Falcons uh, putting them at 30 because – I don't know what the Texans have, but, you know, Seattle has, you know, they still have a couple of dynamic wide receivers. They still have a couple of uh, guys on their defense who haven't retired yet. So uh, they have a little more talent there. And, you know, I don't know if their coaches are openly and GMs are openly declaring that we're, we're focused on next year already. And they play with, they play with 13, you know, they play with uh, 
12 people at home. So that helps Seattle out also. Yeah. Also, I mean, are, would you, are you the kind of guy who you'll root against your team and you'll, or you'll root for losses to improve the draft position? I mean, obviously not. Week uh, one. You I, want to see if a miracle can happen, but if you guys are like two and eight, <laughs> at, at, if you're two and eight in November, are you going to start rooting for L's or. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I think they'll come naturally, but it's hard. Yeah. I, I come to, I'm kind of torn because it's hard to say, like, I want to see them crap the bed. Like a friend of mine is a Dolphins fan and he was kind of like the whole tank for two thing, but you know, may or may not have worked out well for them. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to root against, to root for losses when you like have a team that you like, but yeah. I mean, I agree. I'm on, I'm on your side. I never, even when I know intellectually, it's the better thing for my team. Like they're mathematically eliminated. A win can only hurt their draft stock. I always root for my team to win. I, I can't help it. Like, you know, and, um, and I, I sort of, I, I'm almost jealous of the people who have sort of the ability, the, the maturity or whatever it is to root for their teams to lose. Cause yeah, I, I can't do that. Um, At but, least I'm guaranteed no playoff heartbreak this year. That, that's true. Look at the bright side. Um, you will not blow any 28 to three leads because you probably won't have yes. any 28 to three leads. So yeah, that's a, that's 4d chess. You guys are playing. Can't blow the lead. If you don't get it. I, I mean, I'm kind of grasping at straws. I don't know what else to ask you about this team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, kind of, as a, I'll be interested to see if they, you know, can do any, can do much of anything. It'll, it'll you know, I mean, I'll, I'll root for them eventually. The funny thing is, is a, a really good friend of mine grew up like a lifelong, huge Oregon fan. And he even named his son, Marcus. And I told him, I said, Hey, if the, if the Falcons ever end up with him, we'll have to do, cause he lives in, he lives out West. So Falcons ever doing ever sign Mariota, you should come out and go to a game or I'll get you a Mariota jersey or something. Then that, you know, a couple of weeks later it happened. So it was pretty funny. Yeah. Not the circumstances under which you probably wanted him, but you know, he still got him. So the, and yeah, by the I mean, way, I'm reading here um, a news report today. It's been only two days, but quarterback Marcus Mariota has looked good. Based on unofficial calculations, Mariota has completed all 24 passes he's thrown in camp so far. <laughs> he has balls been- and touched the ground yet. Yeah, it's awesome. Although it's, a, to be fair, <laughs> a lot of them have been short passes. Thursday, he was bailed out a few times by nice plays from his tight ends, including Anthony Ferkser with a one-handed diving catch. So, but um, it's also Desmond Ritter threw a nice deep ball to Drake London, it says. So, I don't know. Um you know, maybe, maybe there's some hope there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, as far as the rookies, I think Ritter was probably decently in the mix just because he's, you know, mature. I mean, he's put, he was there for like four or five seasons. So he's, he's, he should be like NFL ready ish. If he's going to, if he's going to be NFL ready, he should be ready. Yeah. And you, listen, you never know if a third round guy can, can sort of come through and do it. Like last year, Everybody was talking about all the rookies at the top of the draft. Davis Mills, who Houston took, was probably by the end of the season better than, you know, a couple of the first round guys. So, I mean, you know, he, look, he looked yeah. better than the number one overall pick in Jacksonville, although, you know, there's a lot of circumstances around that. But, um, yeah. He didn't have as good a hair, though. The, yes, also true. Um, all right. So why don't we uh, look at this fucking schedule, see how many wins they're going to squeeze out of it and uh, sort of project where they're going to be in the 2023 draft. Um, you start the season at home against the saints, your hated rivals. Yeah. The, who, uh, who also have some question marks. Yeah. Oh, but for not, sure. but not as many. <laughs> yeah. A new coach, a, a quarterback who, you know, was out for the year, six weeks into the year last year, a lot of question marks there, but uh, you think you guys uh, get the win there or uh, that's a loss. I think that's, I think that's an L. Okay. Yeah, unfor- unfortunately. 
All right. Uh, then uh, week two, you go to the defending champions in L.A. So, uh, oh, well, that should be. A, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Owen oh two. then uh, you stay on the West Coast. I don't know. I wonder if they'll even fly back or not. Um, you get to go at Seattle. So this might be an early season preview of a, a battle for the number one pick. I don't know. Yeah, the, the one the one game we have a chance at, they, you know, the Falcons get screwed and have them do like a double yeah. two week in a row West Coast road games. I mean, I'm looking um, at their schedule. Will they be favored in any game this year? Because if, if, you know, they probably won't be favored in Seattle and I'm not sure which other ones they would be favored in, you know, possibly week 18 if Tampa is resting everybody because they're locked into a seed, but like, you know, I think depending on how the Panthers season works out with their quarterback situation, maybe one, maybe the home game against Carolina could be a pick. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, Cleveland. If you know, if, Watson's yeah. not playing. Well, I, like no matter. Yeah, so, okay. So week. Okay. So hold on. So week three at Seattle, you're giving, uh, is that a win or a loss? That's a, I'll say win. Oh, okay. Back. So a big win one and two, and then you come one and two, and baby. And week four, you know, as we're recording this, we're going to post it a little bit later. There has not been an official ruling yet for Watson, but no matter what, he will not be playing in week four. I think we can be positive about that. Yeah. My guess is he'll probably be like eight games or something. I would think yeah. there's no circumstance in which he's playing a game in week four. So, um, so yeah. I, I, I guess I mean, yeah, there's a, I see a bunch of L's coming up. So I'll give him a W for that one. I mean, All right. So you beat Seattle, beat Cleveland, you're two home, and two. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, um, I'm just popping open some of your divisional rival schedules. Um, the Panthers will, well, the Panthers play the Browns at home in week one, and then they play the Giants. Yeah, so the Panthers might be two and two also. Um, <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to see if, see you can, if you can avoid. Oh, you mean if, if, you're we, out if of, we can crawl out of the cellar? At yeah, exactly. Point? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know what? The Bucs, look at the Bucs schedule. At Dallas, at New Orleans, Green Bay, and Kansas City. The Bucs could be one and three. You guys could be ahead of Tampa Bay. Well, the Bucs, you know, <laughs> Dallas only wins when they're playing NFC East team, so I think yeah. Tampa may win that one. Yeah. All right, so two and two. Uh, you go to Tampa Bay in week five. It's possible that you're two and two and they're one and three. A must That's win a, for the Bucs. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's an L. All right. And um, then uh, come home face the 49ers. Yeah, that's an L. All right. At Cincy. That's a L. Okay. So two and five at home against Carolina. You said this is the one game they might be favored in. Yeah. So I, I would think maybe that's uh, that's probably it. I would think a win for that. Okay. I think they'll split. They'll split with the Panthers probably home and home. So. Okay, so three and five, you know, halfway through the season, technically in the playoff race, you know, kind of. Um, you play the Chargers at home. In week yeah, nine. the battle could be the battle of the Ducks for that game. Oh, Oregon. Two, yeah, that's the true. Two, the two yeah. Duck quarterbacks going yeah. at each other. Yeah, yeah. working out the a little future, bit better. The, for past in the, the past and the future. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, so, so that's, a, that's a no. Yeah. All right. So, and then you said already they lose. So it's short rest at the Carolina Thursday night so uh, three and six three and seven at home against the Bears that's another winnable game maybe yeah that's a probably yeah it's at home so that's a toss-up so yeah you know I'll give them then I'll, I'll get up to, I'll be I won't have to I'll go a little bit during this whole thing and not crap 100 so I'll, I'll be a little optimistic and maybe the W for the Bears all right so you're four and seven oh a W for the Bears you said or for the Falcons uh, the, a W against the Bears. Okay. So. okay. All right. So yeah. you're sitting down at your Thanksgiving table and you guys are four and seven and you're like, all right, you know, it's not going that well, but you know, it's po- anything's possible, right? We can go on a little run here. <laughs> yeah. Mathematically not eliminated yet. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, the next couple of games also not too difficult. You play at Washington in week 12. Yeah. I, I, 
I would think that's probably like a, I'd say a loss for that one. All right. Uh, four and eight. And then you come home and face the Steelers. A lot, lot of real teams with real question marks at quarterback. Will Carson Wentz be playing in week 12? Yeah, I was going to say. Mitch yeah, Trubisky well, be playing in week 13? Well, the commanders have given up on uh, Carson Wentz yet. <laughs> yeah. So what happens at home against Pittsburgh? Um, uh, That's probably a loss. They still have a defense, and we don't have much of an offense. So I think yeah. they're maybe low yeah. scoring, but I think Pittsburgh is going to. All right. So four and nine in a really late bye week in mid-December for the Falcons at four and nine. And so this is the and point where you, you, you come then, out and then the you, sadness kind of sets in for the yeah. last four games. Yeah. You come out of that. And I was asking before, are you going to root for them to win or lose? It might not matter so much because you're at new Orleans <laughs> at Baltimore and then Arizona and Tampa at home. That That's four teams that are, you know, all at least probably around 500, if not better. It depends. Like the Cardinals game depends on which quarterback yeah. studies studies more. Sure. And yeah, <laughs> true. And um, and Arizona, by the way, the last couple of seasons have been dog shit the second half of the year, right? And they yeah, were seven no last a, year. I had a couple of them on my fantasy team. Though. I yeah. can attest to that. Yeah, I traded for Kyler Murray, and yeah, that didn't work out so well. Um, so uh, all right, so four nine at New Orleans is that a win or a loss? That's a loss. All right, and then Christmas Eve in Baltimore. That's a loss. All right, four and eleven, and New Year's Day at home against Arizona. That's a loss. Four and twelve, and it's then a sad uh, holiday season. Yeah, and then we're into mid-January, uh, week eighteen, versus Tampa Bay. So I think, like you said, if, if depending on what Tampa's doing, if they've if they're playing their second and third string, because but but at that point, you, at or... that point, the Falcons might be doing the same because they don't want to accidentally get a win and you know drop two spots in the draft yeah, order. So. so. I, w- I think the I think the wise prediction is a loss for that game too. All right, so four and thirteen. The over under is four and a half. So you know you almost make it. That's pretty close. Yeah, and then you know one of the one of the ones I thought they won could swing the other way, and then another one I thought they lost, like Washington or Pittsburgh. Like something weird could happen. So yeah, four is probably about a good number. That's one more than Sports Illustrator predicted. Mm. All <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I have nothing else to say about the Falcons. Let's, you're a Braves <laughs> fan, also, right? Yep. All right. So let's let's talk about the Braves for a second. Uh, the Mets have been on a tear lately. I think they're like three games up on the Braves as we're speaking. And I realize it's really dumb to be talking baseball on a podcast that we're recording two weeks before we drop it because, you know, the standings will be totally different by then. But, you know, the way that that the new baseball playoff format is set up, it's so important to win the division because if you're a wild card, you're going on the road for an entire three game series against a division winner. And even if, you know, I assume if you're the, you're probably playing the Brewers who are, or, or, or whoever wins the, the NL Central, who's, you know, by far the worst of the NL um, division leaders right now, going into Milwaukee, facing that, uh, you know, th- that those pitchers for three games in, in Milwaukee and having to win two of them is not an, is not an, is not at all easy. Now I say that knowing that Atlanta was much bigger underdogs in the playoffs last year and look what ended up happening, but. Yeah, it's kind of the reverse where, you know, last year it was kind of, I won't say unfair, but, you know, the Braves had, because they won the division, had home field against a team with a much better record. But, yeah. you know, still won it. But this year it may be the other way around, where if the Braves end up as a wild card, then they could be going to face, you know, going, traveling to a team that's got a worse record. But, you know, I mean, the Mets aren't exactly a second-half team. The Mets, Mets usually get out to a good record to begin with, and then, then they kind of uh, start falling behind, so. I have some work friends that are Mets fans and I just keep sending them gifts of uh, somebody looking in their rearview mirror because mm. usually usually the Mets, you know, 
DeGrom may get his two or three starts this year before he gets hurt again. So I, it'll be interesting to see if the Braves make any trade deadline moves. Yeah, and this will be dropped after that. So let's just pretend they didn't. What do you think about the Braves <laughs> trade deadline moves? <laughs> But um, yeah, it's funny you're talking about, uh, you know, when you're when the other division winner has fewer wins and yet gets to be the home team. It reminds me, I always love love to think about this in 2006 when Ryan Howard won the MVP over Albert Pujols and Ryan Howard should not have been the MVP, but for other reasons. But the reason Pujols complained about it is he said we won the division and they didn't even make the playoffs. And that's bullshit. And I was so annoyed by that at the time because. The Phillies had a better record than the Cardinals. The Phillies won like 85 games that year. The Cardinals were terrible. They went like 82 and, and 79 or, or what are 83 and 79. But because everybody in the, the Central was dog shit that year, they made the playoffs barely 500. And so Albert Pujols' argument was based on team wins, he should have got the MVP over Howard, even though his team had fewer wins. So yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I never yeah, liked that. I don't. Yeah. Anytime yeah. I hear Cardinals in playoffs, it's irritates me because I was at the I was at the Braves Cardinals wild card game when the the uh, halfway to the wall infield fly rule play happened. I don't know if you remember that or not. No, the Braves got Braves got screwed on a. They hit a um, fly ball that was actually like the, I think the left fielder maybe even caught it, but the umpire called infield fly, and it cost the Braves runs. And yeah, yeah that's and it was like in the, in it never the happens field. in Atlanta, but there was like you know a twenty minute delay with with uh, everything raining down on the field. <laughs> So yeah. it was kind of a wild, but hey, it's all forgotten after last year. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, the year I'm talking <laughs> about, the Cardinals went on to win the World Series. It was like the worst, they it was their worst season in like a six or seven year run. And that was the ironically that they won because, you know, as, as you know, last year, uh, playoff baseball, anything can happen. You just got to make the tournament. So, uh, you know, yeah. uh, it, it was sort of ironic that the, that the Cardinals were so bad that year. Um, yeah. What, what else can we talk about here? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the, Fal- the Falcons, not every team in the NFL merits 32 minutes of chat. <laughs> that's true. There's a, yeah, that's, yeah. You spend you, you, that long. You got any college football you, hot takes this year? If you, if you talk long enough, you'll we'll come up with something optimistic or positive to say. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, college football will be, it'll be interesting this year. I mean, I, it's living in the South where all you hear is nothing but SEC talk. And it's interesting to hear people's takes on the whole, you know, Nick Saban complaining about the NIL stuff. And it's like, is he just being like a crotchety old, old man yelling about it? And that's going to adversely, likely adversely affect his recruiting. Cause if that's, you know, that's kind of the wave of the future guy, people aren't going to want to go there if they think their coach is like anti NIL. So uh, this whole, this whole NIL thing's a little interesting. And also, kind of crazy because i think the ncaa like with everything else they really can't control it yeah um so you're a byu fan and a miami fan or just miami at the, these days um i i probably casually root for miami but kind of like since i went to byu i'm kind of a byu fan yeah they're more like so, probably more so all right they're, i usually, um, I usually travel is... to a couple of games a year oh, okay so that's a pretty good fan well uh, the, the the byu over under is eight and a half you go to over or under there this year i think they could do nine they have a pretty rough schedule they um you know this is their last year before they go into the big 12 next year so this is their last year as an independent they um you know look at their schedule you know they have you know well like what happened to them a lot they get kind of screwed by 
they made a lot as an independent, they made a lot of like home on home series with other teams and they usually end up getting backed out of it when it comes time for them to be at home. So that's why they're playing Notre Dame like in Las Vegas this year. But that's um, actually somehow turned out to be a Notre Dame home game. And what about uh, Miami? You also got a, you know, a total of eight and a half for Miami. Is that an over under this year for you? I, I think that's probably about, that's probably about right. Eight or nine, just cause you know, they have a lot, you know, first year of the new coaching staff, they have a good quarterback. I don't, the, you know, he was kind of a surprise. Van Dyke was a kind of a surprise good, um, you know, kind of a surprise uh, standout last year. And he's supposed to be like one of the best SEC or ACC quarterbacks this year, but you know, they're, they're, they should be loading up for, you know, next season and the season after that, because they're, they got a lot of talent coming. So it will be interesting to see if crystal ball can, can make it happen for them. Pay them enough money. He better. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that they lured him away from Oregon. That was a pretty good situation for him, but you know, they did the old coming home thing. And I guess, you know, would you rather be in South Florida or. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.